Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast, where we hope to always leave you satisfied. (laughs) I'm Meredith. I'm Susan. I'm Jeanette. Hi, ladies. How are you today? Hi, Meredith. Hi. Um, I'm good. It's been a great week. Uh, Busy, but good. We had some friends in town, um, which is always fun. And uh, it's actually, they're actually visiting family, and we just conveniently have happen to live 10 minutes away from family, from their family, so. <laughs> Isn't that um, the best? Yep. That's it's awesome. wonderful. There's no compromising of time or anything. We're like, go do your family thing, and when you get the free time, we can hang out. <laughs> um, so, actually, she and I went on a book date yesterday, yesterday, day before, and it was a lot of fun. We went to Second Start of the Right. Um, which is a children's bookstore um, in Denver. And then we went to the book bar, which is very close to the second start of the right. <laughs> so um, she's never Sounds been. Like fun. Yeah, she's never been because um, they you know, opened you know, after she moved. Um, so it was her first time there, and, you know, we had a really good time. So I yeah. love that you guys have a book bar. It's awesome. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's that so is really lovely. cool. <laughs> like there's a kids section in the back and there's like a little, you know, book area to browse the books, but then they have like a bar and they sell wine, they do tapas, um, they sell coffee. So it's pretty great. <laughs> um, okay. Note to self, open my own book bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. You know, and they do a lot of fun events, too. They do, like, kid story times. They do, like, coffee chats. And um, I think it, next week or something like that, um, they're doing a silent reading party. Have you heard of those? That's awesome. Oh, yeah. 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 I've so been wanting to do one. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're actually doing one um, next week or something like that. Um, I can't go, but I was like, that's really cool. I've been wanting to do one of those. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're really cool. Play- and the ch- the second start of the ride is amazing. They do all sorts of kid events. So um, I wish I wish it was closer to me, honestly, because it's about 30 minutes away. Mm. Yep. But it's still fun to get to go from time to time, I'm sure. Yes, yes. And I will always buy a book all the time. <laughs> Every well, time obviously. I go. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's a good thing it's far. <laughs> that well, could it makes be true. it a special occasion, and then yep. you have to buy a book. Exactly. <laughs> so, how are you, Jeanette? Um, honestly, I'm tired. Babies, man. Yeah. Babies. But other than that, I'm doing really well. We're on summer break now, and I have been like making it a point that while I'm doing all my summer break things, you know, all my errands and projects and whatever, I've been making a little bit of time every day to read, which is the best feeling ever it's just like hey this is my time to read now so I started by um catching up on things I had left unfinished and I caught up on my big stack of comics from way back when it was free comic book day because I had only read like one or two oh yeah and and yeah I never got around to the rest of them so I spent one entire day just doing that it's been so much fun that's awesome I'm glad that you're making time for reading Mm-hmm. I am. So, yep. It's been pretty good. How are you doing, Meredith? 
I'm doing pretty good myself. Um, I've got, let's see, I've got a work trip coming up pretty soon, and then I've got a vacation like a week after that. So the next month or so is going to be pretty busy, but like a good busy. Yes. And um, something that I'm excited about that might seem kind of lame, but uh, my husband and I just got a new bedroom set. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> yes, it's our first one. We finally don't have like mismatched hand-me-down things <laughs> and we got a king bed, guys. I'm so excited. Wow. Don't you feel like a grown-up when that happens? You're like, yes. whoa. <laughs> That's exactly what I said yesterday. I was like, so are we actually grown-up now? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I get it. I totally get it. Like, we, um, when we got our mattress a few years ago, we're just like, we're so excited. <laughs> it's like high-quality, wonderful, comfortable mattress, like, how much more mundane can you get, you know? <laughs> but so. it really is exciting, yes. isn't it? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Yesterday, we were, like, really, really proud of our cut grass. So, I mean, nice. you know, adulthood is, adulthood is full of weird, happy moments. True. It really is. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, so, oh, well, we're all fitting in reading, which is great. Um, we got to... Do what me time, even if it is for 30 minutes or something, you know. Um, So during those times, what are you guys reading, Meredith? Well, one thing, I know we're going to talk a little bit about the readathon in a bit, but one of the books I got to read during the readathon was a graphic novel that I've had sitting on my shelf forever, uh, Monstrous by Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda, maybe Mm -hmm. is how you say it? Takeda. Yeah. It was, I mean, I knew just looking at the cover that the art was going to be gorgeous, and it was. And the 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 plot was really interesting, too. Um, it is a little gory, I'm not going to lie, but I feel like if you can handle Saga, you can probably handle Monstrous, because uh, they're both okay. kind of gory in their own ways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but like the plot was really interesting, so I'm definitely interested to see where the story goes in the next volumes. So I got to read that. That one's fairly new, right? There's only like one or two volumes. I think so. Yeah, I'm not even sure if the second one's out, honestly. Right. Um, Okay. Which makes me a little sad. (laughs) So maybe I'll wait. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so let's see. And I just finished listening via audiobook to Let's Pretend This Never Happened by Ginny Lawson, which was really funny. This was her first book, but I read them out of order. I mean, they're memoirs, so, you know, it's not that bad. But I read her second book, Furiously Happy, last year and loved it. And so I knew I needed to go back and listen to her first book as well because she does the narration. And she's hilarious and just has this crazy life. Um, She grew up with her dad, like, having a taxidermy shop and, like, just all kinds of craziness (laughs) in, like, rural Texas. Um, So I would definitely recommend that if you're looking for something to kind of, like, laugh along with while you're doing your mundane chores. (laughs) And so what I'm currently reading is Hum If You Don't Know the Words by Bianca Moraes. And that is, well... Right now, it's still an arc, technically, but by the time this uh, episode airs, it will be out. It comes out on July 11th, and I think I'm about a third of the way through, and I'm really enjoying it. It's definitely holding my attention. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, it's set in South Africa during uh, the like apartheid. That's still a thing going on, because I think it's, what, in the 70s, 1970s? 60s or 70s, yeah. 60s or 70s, yeah. I can't remember right now. Um 
But it, I mean, it's, it's really interesting and it's definitely pulling at my heartstrings. Um, and I know Jeanette, you really liked that one too, right? I did. I liked it a lot. Um, it is, um, a very like emotional stories story in some parts, like you said. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. So I'm glad you're liking it a lot. Yeah, I'm excited to continue on with it. And uh, and then I also wanted to have another audio book to, you know, listen to while I'm doing other things when I can't sit and read. So I'm listening to Medium Raw by Anthony Bourdain because I loved the show No Reservations. That was such an awesome <laughs> so show. So good. <laughs> so good, right? Mm-hmm. And I listened to, I guess, his first book you know, slash memoir, Mm -hmm. Kitchen Confidential last year and really enjoyed it. So I knew I'd want to continue with his stuff. Uh, I will say, though, if you're a vegetarian or, I guess, a vegan as well, you might not want to read them. Um, (laughs) Medium raw, you know. (laughs) Yeah, uh, man, I I got a little squeamish. probably not talking about raw veggies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to say no. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, the, um, the first chapter in medium raw like there was some stuff going on that I was, like was kind of making me queasy <laughs> so um but it's really interesting and he has such a great voice um because you know like I was used to hearing him do the narrations for his show but he writes the same way that he narrated the show and so it's just really mm. fun to listen to him talk that, to me that does sound via his book <laughs> I love his narrations on the show like mm-hmm so I would definitely recommend mm-hmm. if you liked that and you're interested in his books, definitely get the audiobooks. Okay. Good to know. So Yay. let's see. Jeanette, what are you reading? Well, I am currently reading uh, The Crown's Fate by Evelyn Skye. That's the sequel to The Crown's Game, which uh, we read last year um, in my other book club. Um, so... I'm not very far into the sequel yet, only about 100 pages, so everything feels like a lot like setup still, which is kind of weird in a sequel, but, you know, um, I've heard mixed reviews, so we'll see how I like it. Uh, during the um, readathon, I actually I actually finished my ER Mad Libs, guys. I really want to announce Yay! that. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I finished... Um, I finished a couple of books during the readathon for the ER Mad Libs. I finished Left Hand of Darkness, um, which was interesting. I can see why it's a classic. I don't know that I loved it, but it was good. Um, and His Majesty's Dragon, which I really liked, um, and was nothing like I expected. It was alternate history. Hmm. And so, oh, cool! Yeah, Napoleon with dragons. Whoa! Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Napoleon himself does not make an appearance in the book, but it's like that era with dragons. Right. So okay. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Me yeah. Too. Right. <laughs> um, did not expect that. I don't know what I thought it was going to be. I don't always read book blurbs or book descriptions, so I don't know what I thought it was going to be, but not that. Um, and I just finished. Last thing I finished was um, Seconds by Brian Lee O'Malley. He's the same guy who did um, Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. And Seconds oh, was a cool. gift. Yeah. Seconds was a gift that I got um, actually for my Secret Santa way back when. But I've been saving it for like the perfect thing because it's just been a crazy school year. And I was like, okay, I need to save this for like a really good moment when I'm really feeling good. Mm. And I just can sit down and really savor it. And that happened to be this week on my first day off. So nice. it was 
awesome. It was like my first Monday not teaching. And I was like, this is what I'm doing today. It was a lot of fun. The art's really cute. The story's good. So, you know, I recommend that one. Yay. So how about you, Susan? What are you reading? Well, funnily, I'm kind of kind of in between books. I just finished a ton of books in the last few days. Um, I borrowed a bunch of graphic novels from the library, and I finished them. Like uh, Miss Marvel, I'm in it, I finished four of her volumes. Um, Saga, I am totally caught up. And Lumberjanes, Ooh. I think I just read up to volume three. Um, all fantastic, all fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I cried at the end of Saga. <laughs> oh gosh, I still need um, to read the last two volumes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so good, and uh, so that was pretty great. And then I just finished. I finally got around to uh, reading my holiday uh, blind date with a book book. <laughs> Six months, seven months now. <laughs> I feel so much better that it's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. There's just too many books to read, right? I know, I know. And but well, it was it was such a good book. It's actually like a middle grade young YA book, but it was really well written. The characters are great. I would like I I can't wait for my kids to read this book. It's really good. It's like a coming of age story, uh taking place during a total eclipse. So it was good. And then wh- um what was it called? Every Soul a Star by Wendy Mass. Nice. Yeah, and it's really cute because when you look at the cover, it actually says every soul A, and then there's a picture of a star. <laughs> Aw. I know. I was like, aw. <laughs> um, and so the only thing I'm actually like reading, reading is the audiobook for The Handmaid's Tale. Um, oh, nice. I'm rereading that for my mom's book club, and um, we got the audiobook for it, and it's narrated by Claire Danes. And uh, she's doing a fantastic job narrating, so I'm really enjoying it. So, Very cool. Yeah, those are my books. Yay. Um, so, I mean, you guys mentioned a lot about the readathon and the Mad Lib, so let's uh, let's talk about it a little bit, shall we? <laughs> sure. <Okay>. Um, <laughs> how fun was it? So it was much so fun. much fun. <laughs> so fun. So much fun. <laughs> Um, I was, I mean, we had over 20 people participate, which was amazing. Um, uh, especially cause I was thinking like, oh, just be a dozen people. It'll be a nice, you know, small group to enjoy this thing that, you know, we're, we're running. I mean, we've done the readathon several years now, but I feel like this is like the official readathon for the podcast, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And, um, it, it was a ton of fun. Um, personally, I didn't get to read as much, but. I mean, I love just going through all the conversation and all the photos everybody was taking. Like it was so fun. Like I, it felt like it was just it was just having a conversation all day with these people. You know, like we we're in the same room just talking about whatever books, book, books, 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 books. So yeah, it really yeah. was great. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, it was really fun getting to converse with everybody. And I ended up getting to do a lot more reading than I expected to do. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't even like the funnest part, even though I was having fun reading, obviously, but that wasn't even like the funnest part. Like it was just really great to like see people going back and forth, conversing on our like little check-in threads and mm-hmm. stuff yep. like that. So, and yeah, and people were coming up with really good, uh, 
good ideas for our checking questions. And and uh, there were some people that did a great job finding stuff in the scavenger hunt. I was really impressed. Oh, Everybody yeah. was down with the scavenger hunt. <laughs> they all loved it. I was so excited. I was like, you know, just... Mix it up a little bit, make it a little interesting. I know readathons, people just want to, some people just want to read, but I mean, having like a social readathon to kind of put in like interactions and things like that, I thought it was a really good, um, I don't know, extra level for the readathon, you know? Like everybody mm-hmm. was just enjoying what everybody was doing. Everybody was like loving the books that they were reading. And, and I found a few books to put on my TBR. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we got a lot of good feedback on the like the mm-hmm. scavenger hunt and the check-in questions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm glad that all of you guys out there enjoyed it too. Yes. I mean, thank you to all the people who participated because we weren't sure what the outcome would be like, you know, it's just nervous and be like, I hope people like it and I hope we don't like screw up something. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It makes all the planning and hard work worth mm-hmm. it, right? Yep, yeah, definitely. Um, and then we released Mad Libs after the readathon ended, um, which was our plan to begin with, ha- kind of have the readathon as the last push for those people trying to complete their Mad Libs, like Jeanette. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. Yep. <laughs> um, I improved. This was a successful effort. <laughs> And people were enjoying those. Some of those Mad Libs were hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they turned out really great. I was like, I mean, yeah. I knew they were going to be funny, but man, some of the choices people had, I was just like, what? <laughs> so, and people seemed to enjoy those and enjoyed reading them. So I'm glad we, we did that too as an add-on like challenge. It yeah. was great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really funny because I helped write the Mad Lib and then mm-hmm. still when I was reading people's, I was kind of snickering. Mm-hmm. So yep, yeah, exactly. It came out really well. Yeah. And, and I think some... we had, yeah, we had close to, I think 30 or right at 30 mm-hmm. uh, submissions. So that was awesome. Yeah. There was a lot like, you know, like that's, I'm trying to read through all of them, you know, with kids like running around me. So I'm like, I can get to all of them, but the ones I did were really funny. <laughs> Um, so, but, and we had, we have winners because we had, um, the contest. Three winners, right? Yep. Three winners, a contest to see who read the most. And then we had a contest with the scavenger hunt who could get the most points. And then we had a random draw for the Mad Libs. And, um, so we have winners for those. And a man was I blown away with the readathon winners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The most points was from Laura, and she collected 57 points from the scavenger hunt, which is Yay. so amazing. Like, Quite she, impressive. She must read the, read the right books, you know? Because <laughs> I know you can get several points from one book, but I mean, 57 is amazing. It's like she was psychic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the most hours read this one completely threw me away. Oh, threw me away. Blew me away. Yeah. Um, That's how far it blew you. Exactly. It just threw me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was Carmen who read a whopping 16 hours and 58 minutes. What? <laughs> that is quite impressive. I saw her time and I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yay, Carmen. But also sleep. Sleep. 
Yeah, she was saying like her husband took the kids and she just stayed home and read and she read she slept for like five hours or something. <laughs> like that's, that's amazing. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So and then the winner of our Mad Lips was Brandy with her completed Mad Lips. So yay hey, to all those winners! Yay. Congratulations. Um. Of course, so. you know, if you didn't finish your Mad Lib in time, our Google form still works. Yes. You can still submit, get your Mad Lib later this year. I You're still just have... not eligible for the prize, but that's okay. <laughs> I still have two left in my Mad Libs challenge. It's okay, <laughs> it's okay Susan. We're keeping the link open. Yay. <laughs> you can still get in there. Good. I was so excited to, like, finish that I, when I typed it, mine in, in the link, I typed it in, like, all caps. Oh, so. did you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> just shouting your Meredith answers. called me out on it, too. <laughs> I was like, but I finished. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah, so. it, was a, it was a great time. So Yay. I am so glad everybody, everybody participated in. Thank you, everybody, for participating. Um, Thank you so much. Congrats to the hosts for surviving. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I, guys, I was so tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were a trooper because you were kind of doing a part of the overnight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 But that's okay. Yeah. I had like five cups of coffee. I survived. It's all good. <laughs> so, yeah. all righty. I, I was doing it with a baby in my lap for part of it. It was so yeah. much fun. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that with my kids anymore. Stop rubbing it in. <laughs> Mine just want to run around everywhere. They don't want to sit still anymore. <laughs> Mine does too, but I was like, hold on, mom, got to finish this chapter. <laughs> but see, yours can't run away. <laughs> oh, but she can crawl. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's still slower than running. <laughs> so, all right. Well, after all this readathon excitement, um, I know... Uh, it helped some of us get out of our reading slump. Um, it was during our reading slump. Um, so why don't we talk about our reading slumps? Like, you know, a support group here. <laughs> yeah. and uh, They are very real, aren't they? Yeah, and they it's are. really depressing. <laughs> I feel well, like... Well, and it's what led to the, our uh, main read this month, so... Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think this book helped a lot of us get out of our reading slump. Um, so... Let's start with, you know, I think on average it happens, what, once a year for most people? Like, there's just a time in a year where you just have that waiting slump. You just, just feel the need to, like, you just don't want to read. Um, I feel like that happens to me, like, about once a year. It's just something happens and it's just you don't feel like reading or you just have a lot happening, so you just end up not reading. Um, is that what happens to you guys? Is that how you kind of get into your reading slump? Is it? Is there, like, something that happens that you know creates the reading slump? Like For me, it tends to be a lot of, if I read, you know, a lot of things that don't really, like, capture my attention, or if I have a hard time getting into a lot of books, like, that's usually what kicks off a reading slump or if mm -hmm. I read a lot of things that are the same mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and then I'm like I can't I can't read anymore because everything I read just turns out the same which is why I kind of like to um diversify right like different genres and things like that mm -hmm. because 
man, because then I, it, what happens to me is then I can't get into anything. I don't feel like reading anything. Right. Mm. How about you, Meredith? Is there something that yeah. kind of triggers a reading slump? Well, I feel like this is the the first time these past few months where I can legitimately say I've been in a terrible reading slump where I've only gotten the bare minimum read, pretty much like for the podcasts and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and mine was brought on actually from my knee surgery. Uh, you would think, oh, well, yeah, I'm home and I can read. And it's like, well, not really. I mean, I took a week off from work, but that first week after the surgery, I was just like laid up and just not where I could read. And then I've been working from home mostly, mm-hmm. but my time to read was my commute. And now I don't have a commute. Uh... <laughs> And, you know, my husband gets home from work before I finish work. So, you know, I'm working and then he's already there and he's like, entertain me, please, when I get off work. (laughs) Um, You know, (laughs) so I can't be like, oh, hi, honey. I know I'm finally off work and I can talk to you, but I want to go read. (laughs) Like, you know, so um, so I just haven't had any time, really. And so it's made me sad. But um, so what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to read short type of things like I've you know like I got to read a couple graphic novels during the readathon which helped and and it made me feel accomplished right you're like Mm -hmm. I finished a book it might have been a graphic novel but it still counts Mm -hmm. uh or I might try to read words (laughs) yeah there are there actually there were a lot of words but they also had pictures (laughs) um and or I try to read something light and funny just to kind of you know get me in a better mood um, so I really like listening to memoirs via audiobook while I'm doing chores because, I mean, let's be honest, we have chores that we have to do like all yeah. the time, like washing dishes or, you know, doing laundry. And so why not get some reading time in via your ears while you mm-hmm. have to do things with your hands, right? Yeah. Um, so that's been fun. Uh, like that's what I was just doing with the Jenny Lawson memoir. And it was, it, it made chores a lot more bearable. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, how about you, Jeanette? How did you get out of your reading slump? Um, usually, I just keep trying a lot of different books. I look for something that'll pull me in um, and like really capture my attention that's different enough from the things that I've been reading that haven't been capturing my attention. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, sometimes I'll try a lot of different books. Um, I almost slipped into a reading slump earlier this year, and I think I tried like three different books so I have like these three different books unread um but I uh I I just kept trying something until I was like oh okay this is it this this will take my attention off of it okay and I think that's a good point too Mm -hmm. Jeanette like we shouldn't feel guilty if we need to just put a book aside that's not working for us at the time right yeah I mean I mean we know that I have trouble with not finishing books so of course now I've got two or three books stacked up I'm like I have to finish these I started them mm-hmm. but I'm trying to feel less pressured like okay force myself through a book that right now I'm not feeling right because you know like one of the books I started it I think I'll like it it seems like a really good book but I just wasn't feeling it at the moment so I just put it yeah. aside and I'll come back to it so that's fair um I think it's like mine was a combination of like what you guys were going through like and I was you know, it depends on the book books that I'm reading. Like, I think it started with Blood at the Root. Honestly, it's not. I'm not saying that it's bad, but it was just so heavy and so sad. <laughs> yeah, right. It's true. You know, it just really affected me and kind of just started put me in the book slump. And then I find really long books 
kind of put me in the book slump too because it's just kind of, you're kind of slogging through it. I mean, sometimes even if it is good, it's just really long. <laughs> yeah, I, you know? I get that. I mean, I remember I started reading David Copperfield months ago. Oh, oh by right. the way, I, fin- I finished David Copperfield. Exciting. Yay! Um, Yay! But when I was sliding into that book slump, that mm-hmm. was one of the things. I was like, this is really long and it's really good, but I'm having trouble focusing. So I need right. to read something different. Right. Yeah. So, so um, what I did was just like like everybody else did read fun books, um, something light, uh, not too heavy. Um, that, that's, just, that's basically what I did. That's how I got all those graphic novels, um, audiobooks, definitely. Um, one thing is I wouldn't force it. If you feel yourself in a reading slump and you're just like determined to get out of it, um, I find it makes it worse. <laughs> um, so what I that's do is true. I'll... I'll just put the book books down and I'll go craft. I'll play a video game. I'll watch movie. I'll watch, you know, do something else for a few days and then come back to reading. And I find that usually helps. It's just kind of like a fresh perspective kind of thing. So that's true. Um, Not putting too yeah. much pressure on yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then the results are like, oh, I really hate this book. I don't want to read it. It's like it's like you're reading for school, you know? Right. Um, so I find that don't force the, you know, don't force yourself to get out of the reading slump. Just like take a few days off or something, go do something else and then like come back to it. And then it's usually easier to, to get out of it. So, yep, mm-hmm. they're, they're a bummer. And I feel like we all kind of got out of the reading slump together. <laughs> Yay. We did. <laughs> um, with, uh, this month's book. So. So, should we talk about this month's book? I I think so. We should. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure? All right. (laughs) So, this month we were reading Wallbanger by Alice Clayton. I'm going to give a quick summary, um, just a little disclaimer here, in case you couldn't tell by the title. There's some (laughs) sexual and adult topics. So, if you tend to read this with your kid in your car or something like that, and maybe there's stuff that you don't want to... uh, uh, have to explain yet. Yeah. There we go. I was going to say exposed to your kids just yet, and that just wasn't going to work. Um, sorry, guys. Um, so if there's stuff that you just don't want to discuss with your kid quite yet, then, you know, maybe put this on pause till later. But quick summary of the book. Caroline is our protagonist. She's just moved into a brand new apartment. She loves. And on her first night, her sleep is interrupted by her neighbor's nocturnal activities when his headboard bangs right up against her own bedroom wall, causing a picture to fall down on her, by the way. Uh, So eventually, after this happens a few times, she goes over to confront him. And because it's a romance book, there's an instant attraction. And of course, romance ensues. So, question is, what was one thing that stood out to you in this book? Well, it was my first romance novel. So it was just kind of interesting to kind of see how it progressed, I guess. Um, But I'm also thinking, because I'm not a huge uh, contemporary fiction reader, that I might like historical romances better. Right. That might make sense. Um, I, I can get that. Yeah. What about you, Susan? Um, for me, um, I felt like it was a 
you know, pretty decent romance novel. Um, it was fun. Um, one thing that stood out to me, I know we might discuss it later, is just how much I love the cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Clive. <laughs> like, I really love the cat. <laughs> so... That was one thing that stood out to me. I think with this book, uh, other details may may wane and I might forget them, but I don't think I'll ever forget the cat. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Jeanette? Yeah. I think for me, um, the one thing that stood out was, I hate to say this because this is going to come off so negative, but like there's a lot of book here and the plot was relatively simple and straightforward. Um, so that was kind of weird to me that there was so much book and like the, for such a straightforward plot. Right. Um, yeah, it was way too long. It was long. (laughs) Like it was very strange to me. I felt like the book really could have ended around where the halfway point of the book was. Maybe at 60, 70%. I was reading this on Kindle. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I had like the percent markers going and I was like, oh, well, it seems like everything's wrapped up, but there's more book. (laughs) There's a lot more book. (laughs) Um, So the confession time right here, Uh um, I did some skimming, so (laughs) the length (laughs) of the book didn't bother me (laughs) because I did a little skimming. (laughs) And you really probably didn't miss much. Um, I'm being yeah, honest. like because I was like, yeah. oh, okay, so this happened. And it's going for a couple pages, so I'm just gonna like skim that part. And she's talking about her bread. I'm like, oh, well, she's talking about her bread. I'm gonna skip that part. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't think it felt, I don't think and, it so, felt as long to me as with you guys. I guess <laughs> for the listeners, if you haven't read the book, baking and bread—that's not euphemisms. There's a lot of baking and bread in this book. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> literal talking about baking and bread. <laughs> Um, because yeah, Caroline's I, a multi-dimensional character, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. What, what did you think of the, the characters? Were they relatable? Do they show growth over the course of the story? Um, I don't know about growth. Maybe some in, like, the side characters. I don't think there was much growth in Caroline, really. Um. M- because I want to say, like, her going out with her ex and, like, realizing that she doesn't need him is a kind of growth. But she shouldn't have gone out, gone out with him in the first place, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, she was the one that had ended that right. relationship anyway. So. Exactly. Like, she's yeah. the one who ended it. And then she's like, oh, it, it'll be, it won't, it'll be fine. Even though she, like, knew kind of what his motives would be, if I remember. Um, yeah. Right. I, I don't find that to be growth necessarily growth would have been no i don't want to go out with you you know and i don't want to work with you for these reasons yeah but she's so mature that she can work with her ex Uh, he can be a client and she can be completely professional right yeah that would have been one thing if she had decided to keep it purely professional but she knew that he was still interested in her right and still agreed to all these you know quote unquote Mm -hmm. business dinners Mm mm-hmm Yeah, and I guess there is something to say with kind of falling back on something familiar, right? I mean, they obviously had a history together, but if she knew that it wasn't a healthy relationship, it's just like, why even put yourself in that situation again? Right. Yeah. Um, You already learned that lesson. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. She's like, 
explaining that the relationship was unhealthy, he was controlling, her friends are clearly concerned that she's going to fall into this really bad relationship trap. Mm-hmm. And she knows that, and she even admits to herself, I'm just doing this because Simon won't pay me enough attention. Or Simon's rejecting me at the moment. And she still does it, and that makes me a little uncomfortable because you're putting yourself in a dangerous situation for what you admit is a petty reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so for S- Simon, a.k.a. the wallbanger, um, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I feel like we saw growth with him, but I don't know if it was true growth or if it was just because we're getting this from Caroline's perspective and we're just getting to know the guy. You know, right. he starts out as like this total jerk who seems to be very inconsiderate about the fact that he is waking her up at all kinds of crazy hours at night with all of these women who are screaming and meowing and laughing and (laughs) making picture frames fall on her head. Um, And then, you know, we get to know him and like, there's, there's so much more to him and he's a photographer and he has like these deep feelings and, you know, and, and so I liked that, but was it growth or was that always there and we just were getting to see it? Right. Yeah, yeah. it was hard. And I mean, she tried to go in with the depth with him, talking about his parents and how they passed and, and him growing up like that. And I think we would have seen more growth if she went further into it, like his reasons for acting the way he has been with relationships and things like that. But I don't remember her ever doing that with him. Well, I mean, I think I can't remember if they actually had the conversation or if it was kind of alluded to that he, because his, his parents died like in this terrible car accident. So it Mm -hmm. was really sudden when he was what, like a senior in high school or just turned 18 or something. And so I think he was saying that like he had a hard time truly getting close to someone and loving someone because of being afraid of losing them. Right. But I I don't know. I feel like. Yeah. I don't know. I think you're right. I don't think it was ever like explicitly said. Yeah. I I think they were assuming or supposing like what it is. I I don't think she had that conversation with him. Like, what really is your reason? Oh, right. That might have been with her boss or whatever. Yeah. Who had more of an insight because her yes. fiance mm-hmm. was like a family friend. Yes. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I know Simon was using the excuse of, oh, well, I travel all the time because I'm a traveling photographer. And so right. I can't like keep a regular relationship. But I think there was more to it, mm-hmm. you know. Which is yeah. fine. I mean, you're allowed to have whatever kind of relationship you want. But if you're alluding to something deeper, then we should flush that out, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I totally agree. I don't I don't know that there was tons of growth. I thought I think they're interesting characters, but in the turn but they're not they still they had interesting facets, I should say. But they s- still kind of felt flat, and so I couldn't really relate to them. Mhm. Um, yep. Yeah. But what about the supporting characters? Like they each had two friends because, you know, you have to have <laughs> you have to have two friends to hook up with his two friends and add <laughs> more that's depth real to life, the right? Everything's a perfect to- puzzle piece. That's totally how it works. Um, so of course Caroline's two friends were Mimi and Sophia. Simon's were Ryan and Neil. And what did you think of them and that whole subplot? 
Well, I mean, pretty much what you just said, right? I mean, I think she tries to make them unique and interesting because, you know, like Mimi is short and she's cute and Asian and Sophia is tall and like a redheaded model and, you know, but... I don't know. They they were pretty shallow characters. And, and to be fair, they were supporting characters. So, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. But the guys, I mean, I guess we didn't see as much of Simon's friends because it was from Caroline's perspective. But they right. were completely interchangeable. Like, literally, the girls interchanged boyfriends because they started they out with yep. ones that they didn't like. <laughs> Um, yep. And then even, oh man, I, this made me so mad. And I hope it's been <laughs> fixed in other editions. Maybe my library had an old edition of the ebook. But at the end, Caroline even mixes them up and is like, oh, can you believe that, you know, Mimi and Neil are talking about moving in together? Isn't that soon? And I was like, well, yeah, that's soon because Mimi is dating Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Like, literally, the author couldn't even keep the character straight, nor apparently her editor. I yeah. mean, good grief, people. Yeah, no, those guys really were interchangeable for me. Even in my mind when I was picturing them, they looked exactly the same. Like, tall and broad and both wearing a black turtleneck. <laughs> Brown hair. Like, that's all I see. <laughs> I had to remember because, like, no, Ryan wore glasses, guys. So Are you sh- Really? <laughs> That's how I one of them, them wore glasses. I could yeah. not tell you which, I, and that was the problem. As I agree, they were completely interchangeable because you don't get any of their personalities. Mm-hmm. Like one of them wore glasses, and I think the one that wore glasses was also maybe a sportscaster. Yes, or the other one was a sportscaster. Maybe I see. I don't even know. Yeah, and that was really yeah. frustrating to me because I, I liked that subplot. I thought it was a fun subplot. I actually kind of wished that was the main story. Well, that was interesting. I mean, like you have these ladies who have this particular type in mind. So they obviously go to that type of guy. And then like they realize, oh, maybe I'm not so attracted to this guy. I'm attracted to the the other guy. Like, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it sends an interesting message about like what you think you want versus what you actually want. Like Exactly. Yeah. So I I really was sad because that's when I started checking the – percentage counter on my kindle because that was that wrapped up around the 60 percent mark and i was like see like where are you going with the rest of this book like that's <laughs> the most interesting part so far yeah. yeah um because of course you know that the two main characters are going to get together because it's a romance so like even though they hadn't quite gotten there yet i was like that but they will this is a romance it's how it works um which you know, leads me to my next question, which is, was there enough plot in this story? For the length of the Right. Book? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was mean... literally going to say the same thing, Susan. For this length? No, like, it's just not. Yeah. And so my thing is, like, I, I mean, I think some, I've said it before. I have problems with first-person books. Because I just want to know, like, everything, which is sometimes hard with a first-person perspective. <clears throat> if this book was in a, a third-person, like, omniscient type of perspective where the uh, the narrator was following Alice and Mimi and Sophia and their relationships with these three guys, I think would have been interesting and would have warranted the 300 pages. Because then you have to go into what Mimi and Sophia are going through with their relationships with the other guys, you know? And we would have gotten more from Simon's perspective. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Um, 
So if that was the case, then yes, I think there were definitely been like 300 pages worth, but this is only from Caroline's point of view. Um, and that it's just not long, like there's not enough plot uh, for 300 yeah. pages. <laughs> Yeah, it was all very surface, right? I mm -hmm. mean, there was stuff going on, sure, but it just, it didn't need to be that long. There's no, and the stuff, you know, the details you're talking about is more like, I love to bake because I find, like, this is, like, something different I want to do, and it just gets me away and helps me get away, and it's like she's proving to herself that she's a well-rounded person, you know? Right, Yeah. And I think I think it was Tara that said in our real life meeting that this was a lot of telling us things instead yes. of showing us things. Mm -hmm. and yeah. yeah, and and that gets old pretty quickly, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some showing, but there is a lot of telling, and it's interesting how superficial everything feels considering this is actually from a person's perspective like you're in a person's brain and you're in their thoughts and head and there's still feels like there's all this depth lacking and a lot of it in her brain is even like clever witty jokes and banter and snark and <laughs> while I appreciate snark and I think it's you know funny it doesn't feel like that's not how I think Mm -hmm. All the time, like every now and then I'm like, oh, yeah, like snarky joke in my head. That's really funny. But it was basically constant, constant wordplay on, you know, sexual terms versus, you know, like her cat and stuff like that. It was just, you yep. yeah, it, it was there was not a lot of depth. And then the last hundred pages and spoilers here, guys. There's last hundred pages is basically like sex. Yep. <laughs> Pretty constantly. She just rammed it into the back end of the book, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like I mean it was I, pretty I, I get what she's trying to do, the author. Um I just don't think she did it well. Like she's trying to show like the passion of, you know, being in a relationship for the first time or realizing this person that you're attracted to. Like I get it you went a little too far. <laughs> and, well, uh, yeah, and it's a little I, much. I enjoyed the, the banter between Caroline and Simon and like the sexual tension that was building and, you know, all of that stuff was all good and well. Um, but I think, yeah, it just went on a little too long. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, like just having sex nonstop over the course of what, like, I don't know, 12 hours or yeah. whatever it was. <laughs> Definitely not, like, within a day. Yeah. And, like, it was let's... Whole okay. day Let, of sex. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's be honest. Whose body can even take that? Like, that is... <laughs> that's a lot of banging right there. Mm -hmm. um, and they would have been, like, so incredibly jet-lagged from coming back from Spain. Right. Because they live... In San Francisco. Uh, you know, so right. I'm just thinking of it, like, realistically. But um, I, I would have enjoyed having the sex sprinkled out throughout the book. I mean, I guess, you know, it, it wouldn't have had the big buildup and, you know, mm -hmm. will they, won't they kind of thing. But, like, having literally all of the sex happen within, yeah, like, the last part of the book, like, nonstop was just, it got kind of boring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most, uh, I haven't read a lot of romance um, but from the ones I've read, they are more, like, sprinkled in. Um, 
evenly, you know, like like you sprinkle your like zucchini or fruit in a bread. You don't want like <laughs> all the fruit on one end. You want it spread out evenly throughout the batter. <laughs> I um, like that you're trying to explain this to Caroline. Right. <laughs> yeah, see, it totally works. <laughs> but you know what? Let's be honest. Simon just would take down that zucchini loaf in yeah. one sitting, wouldn't he? Yeah. So I guess and, it doesn't matter to him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I mean, a lot of the romances that I've read, and I mean, I don't read tons and tons of romance, but I've read, I've read, I would say, a good amount. And I've found that most of the time it's not just 100 pages of nonstop sex um, towards the end of the book. Usually... It is either sprinkled throughout or if there's it's like this and there's like this whole will they, won't they lead up, mm-hmm. then it's one big sex scene and it's, you know, it's made worth it, you know, and that where I had a hard time with it was just, it was so much that this is where I skimmed. Yeah. I just got, <laughs> I honestly got a little bored. I was like, oh, okay. So they're yep. having sex again. Mm-hmm. All right, skim, skim, skim. Oh, they're having a conversation. Oh, they're having a conversation yep. about how they're going to have I sex again. Totally okay, skim, skim, skim. <laughs> like, it just, it gets boring to read it for like 100 pages straight. Um, and one of the questions I was going to ask is that during our meeting, we found out that this book started out as a Twilight fanfic. And, and we were all yeah. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I think that blew everybody's mind a little bit. Everybody's like, whoa. Just a tad. <laughs> and I think for some of us, that made the pieces fall into place a little bit. What about for you guys? What Did, did that change how you saw the book? Yeah, the pieces totally fell into place. <laughs> I was like, oh, I totally see it. I see it and no wonder. <laughs> yeah, I um, think it might have explained the quality of the work a little bit better to me. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I actually would agree with that a lot. I had a hard time with the writing. Um, I didn't, I just could not get into the writing. Uh, but maybe th- the fact that it started as a fanfic could explain some of that. Yeah, um, I mean. Not that I think all fanfic writing is bad or anything like that. No. I, I read plenty of fanfics. Well, I used to read fanfics with good writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't read a fanfic in a long time. But they, like, there was something about it that just didn't pull me in. Yeah, I think the, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Um, I I completely agree with you guys. Like, oh, it kind of clicked because, I mean, not only like the the way she was writing, because, you know, I enjoy like simple writing and just kind of matter of factly, but I feel like this was a little too much, especially with the telling part of the story. Um, but even how she was, um, conducting like text messages and things like that. Um, I felt like she was trying out like different formats to convey what she was trying to do. Um, and I kind of didn't really like those parts. Not that I didn't like how they were written. Like I wish there was more clarity on who was speaking in the text messages. I wish it the, the format of how people are thinking or things like that was a little more consistent you know, mm-hmm. um, right. It was often hard to tell who was talking in the text message conversation, especially right. if Caroline wasn't one of the people texting. Right. 
Yep. Um, so. And uh, in regards to the characters themselves, like, I see it. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. I see the bit of Bella and Edward that she was going for. I get it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It started to kind of make sense. Like, mm-hmm. I can definitely see pieces of Twilight characters in yep. these characters. Right. Yeah. I actually haven't read the Twilight books, but I I think I've seen all the movies. So, I mean, I could kind of see where it was going, but I also haven't actually read any fanfic. (laughs) So I was a little confused because I was like, well, but like there's no vampires and there's no, you know, like, like, but, but I guess, you know, at the same time to be able to publish something, you do have to actually change it. You can't use the same (laughs) names and you can't like, you know, I mean, you can't just rewrite the Twilight story because that right. would be like a copyright infringement. So <laughs> right. I, I guess I'd be interested to see what the fanfic actually started as and then what we have now as Wallbanger. Well, yeah. um, uh, Megan, because she's like a romance expert, <laughs> um, <laughs> read like a few chapters of the fanfic and she said it was like pretty much exactly the same. So it's just oh, Edward okay. and Bella without the supernatural abilities. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. So it probably they took out the vampirism and mm-hmm. some of the personality or so, and the names and stuff like that probably to make it more of a standalone novel. Yeah, is my guess. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Well, we can talk about something that we did like. Uh, I think you guys were saying that um, you liked the dialogue and banter. So what did you like so much about it? Uh, it was fun. It was a conversation you can see having with your girlfriends or with the guys. Um, I, to me, that was the most realistic thing. Except there was like a ton of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was definitely a ton of it. Um, I'm not that did, smart, I'm... guys. Like, <laughs> I, I can't banter and witty banter that often. <laughs> I, I liked the, the banter between Caroline and Simon and how, like, the sexual tension was building while they were just mm-hmm. saying that they were going to be friends and stuff. And, like, you know, she'd go over to his place and they'd cook dinner and then they were watching that scary movie. And, yeah, you know, the, she was yes. hiding under the blanket. And, you know, like, I thought all of that was, like, really cute and sweet and fun. Yeah, I feel like, you know, close friends would do that, you know. I found it believable. Yeah, I'm one of those people that when you say like, oh, this stuff isn't realistic, I kind of laugh because, you know, I mean, you guys being my friends, I know that you guys can banter with the best of them. Um, You guys have like really great wit and stuff like that. Um, One of the things, this is slightly off topic, but one of the things that people complain about Gilmore Girls is nobody is that funny and that fast talking all the time. And I'm like, actually, I know a lot of people who are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I did like that, but it it did feel excessive after a while. Like you said, like maybe it wasn't quite realistic, like, cause it seemed to be all banter. Right. But even in her head, remember? (laughs) Yes. Even in her head. But what I liked about that was I liked when the, um, the author has the characters on a road trip and she goes into each one of their inner monologue and I loved that kind of yes. banter in everybody's head. That was I my favorite part. thought it was really part. funny. That was definitely my favorite part. So. Yep. I thought that was a lot of fun. 
I agree. Um, what did you guys think of the fact that Caroline, throughout the book, is missing her O? <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I have mixed feelings about that. Um, I I, mean, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I know you have thoughts. (laughs) Yes, I do have thoughts. Um, So I feel like it was definitely used as a plot device, right? Oh, I haven't had an orgasm in what was it like six or eight months, and you know, and so like she has this tension building up and all of this stuff, and and you know, and then she has this guy living next door that's like having sex constantly, and like so I get like the whole you know, she was using it as a device, but it also really bothered me because the reason Caroline wasn't able, she said, to like climax now was because she went on a bad date and like begrudgingly had sex with this guy. And he was like, what did she call him? Like a machine gun? Yeah. Something like that. Um, And so like, I just felt like I was like, okay, so, and I think um, Kim, who actually chose this book when we were talking in our real life thing she said you know it's it's one thing to have a bad lay but like to not be able to you know finish months and months afterwards like it was kind of weird and I just felt like I was like was she kind of like sexually assaulted like was she not dealing with some you know psychological trauma I, I just I didn't know what to think with that and and I felt like the author was making too light of it for the device and mm-hmm. I just don't know if I liked that Yeah, I mean, I don't, I haven't thought about it that way until you mentioned it, Meredith. Um, I haven't seen it that way, but because I I honestly kind of don't remember (laughs) that part. Um, I I don't remember her saying that she was begrudging about it, but it was just like, I kind of want to get laid, so I'll have sex with him kind of deal. And um, I I mean, she could have said, no, please stop. So I don't, it's such a hard thing to like define because you can't really define it. Um, She could have said stop. She could have said I'm done, but she didn't, you know, I'm not blaming her. But she wanted to, you know. Yeah, I'm not blaming her, but you could have also said you had the decision to say stop, but you didn't. And so it's like, well, why, how come you didn't say stop? It's not like he's a mind reader, you know. Um, or you could have been more open about like, Hey, that's a little too rough. Could you slow it down a little bit? Um, that is also an option to say. So I'm not placing blame on anybody. I think it was just an unfortunate circumstance. And I, I don't know if the author just, the author just made it like too extreme for like not being able to orgasm. Um, but I think it's trying to say like this, thing happened and it kind of like makes me nervous but I don't know I I think I'm just kind of (laughs) torn on how to feel about it I thought it was if when she mentioned at first I was like oh well that's unfortunate but then she kept mentioning and mentioning then it kind of started to really get annoying it's like well why don't you do something to try to like help yourself get out of that situation um yeah Yeah, I mean, I didn't read it as sexual assault either. Um, I don't think that's how the author intended it anyway. Uh, But it does, the way she harps on it does start to get concerning. Mm -hmm. And I I wonder if it was more like we need conflict for the second half of the book where there's nothing but sex. 
And so it's like, well, how about she can't have an orgasm? So, you know, she can't. So the sex isn't, you know, good enough for her. And now she has to overcome this obstacle. Yeah, maybe um, that's why it feels like the way it feels, like, because I felt like I was talking myself into a circle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but maybe that's why, because it yeah. was like she's trying to do this plot device, but she just didn't flush it out or think it out very well. Yeah, because then if you keep harping on it, then it does seem like a more serious problem mm-hmm. than I think the author intended it to be. Right. Yeah, I mean, she seemed to kind of be like obsessing over it, right? I mean,. Mm-hmm. She was, like, practically, like, keeping a tally of how many days it had been since she'd had an orgasm. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It was—I didn't like it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, there's also not a whole lot of explanation about why she continues to allow this to happen. Like, she doesn't go out on a date or try and meet somebody. Because clearly this is bothering her. That she hasn't had an orgasm, and yet she's not trying to date. She starts to try and give herself an orgasm one night, and then, of course, Simon's wall-banging noise interrupts her. But she doesn't, you know, wait until he's out of town and be like, okay, now I can try again, because he's not going to interrupt me. Mm-hmm. She's just like, oh, okay, he interrupted me. It'll never happen again. And there's yeah. just not a whole lot of explanation given to why she's not solving the situation for something that she's clearly very concerned about. Right. So. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about her reconnecting with her ex, um, which was going to be my next question. So I'm going to actually jump down and talk about um, Clive, the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Because everybody adorable. liked the cat, <laughs> even though the cat was a little crazy. A little ridiculous, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So what's what's up with Clive? Talk to me about Clive. What is up with Clive? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just a little too human, I think, is the problem. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, what an adorable cat. But then when he got, when she was talking about the cat lady, the meowing lady, and him going off the walls... And it's like, oh, that's a little ridiculous. But then after that, he went kind of back to normal. It was only around the cat lady. The cat lady thing was just like, I can, like, cut that part out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Again, it felt like a plot device, right? I mean, um, so if you haven't read the book, one of the the women that Simon is banging into his wall um, (laughs) likes to meow during sex. Like a lot, and mm-hmm. so apparently, even and, and even though I thought this was interesting, that the author states that Clive has been fixed, mm-hmm. that he is still literally trying to dig through the wall to find this cat that he hears, even though it's just a person making <laughs> meowing noises, and is like going bonkers, even though he shouldn't because he is fixed. Um, <laughs> And and then one time, you know, he's Simon is walking in the hallway with this girl and Caroline happens to open the door. I think she thinks like her her food is getting delivered or something weird. And Clive somehow just knows that this is the girl he was hearing through the wall meowing and takes off after her and runs into Simon's apartment and does all this crazy stuff. And is like, what cat would do that? Honestly. Yeah, I mean, that that's one of the parts where I kind of skimmed. Because it's like, this is kind of <laughs> ridiculous, so I'm just going to skip Cats this. are <laughs> acting like real cats. I don't want to read this. 
I mean, maybe if he hadn't been fixed or something, but maybe, like it just, I mean, it just felt totally forced. Like it was just there to make the plot move forward. Yeah, right? I mean, is she trying to convey how light real life the meowing lady sounded when she, she was me- that lifelike? Yeah, <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. But I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. I kind of skimmed through that part. I mean, this is kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a little I much. Mean, Maybe it was meant to be like comedic, but it does come off like really crazy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but other than that, I love Clive. <laughs> yeah, he was funny. Mm-hmm. And and the little piece at the end, like the last little chapter, is from his point of view, and that's it was my cute. second favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was like a little bit of fun. I, I, after all of the rest of the book, I was like, no, I'm done now. You should have put this in earlier. But it was very fun. <laughs> yeah, that um, would have been funny to get a chapter here or there from Clive's yeah. perspective, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I think it just, after all of like the hundred pages of sex, I was just kind of like, it was, okay, I'm, I'm done now. Mm-hmm. Too yep. little, too late. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, because, you know, after all, and this was a conversation that kind of went on as a debate, like after all of that um, constant, constant, constant sex, like I was kind of ready to be done with the book. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. kind of led to a conversation like, was, was the sex even sexy? Uh, mm-hmm. I would say the first time was like romantic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. The 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 time when Simon comes home and is like they finally have like this conversation they come back from Spain like that time was like okay they're like really finding the passion and you know whatnot and then after that I was like this is it's a little much so uh, yeah it just became kind of redundant right mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, because it was like when he came back and was like, why did you lie to me about having an orgasm? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so like she opens up and talks to him and, mm-hmm. and can finally, like, be free with him or whatever. And right. and so, yeah, like that one was kind of like, you know, what, hot and steamy and like they were getting food all over themselves because, of course, she was baking because <laughs> obviously that's like all she does. Right. Mm-hmm. When she's not working is baking. And so then, oh, well, then we, you know, we got dirty. So now we have to take a shower. And then it's like shower sex. And you come back out and then they like roll around in the stuff again. And then they have a bath and they have bath sex. And then, and then like they it was just like, why or what? I yeah. don't know. It was too much for me. Yeah. I mean, even if it was, like, different scenarios, it still can get boring, you know? Um, and I'll, I mean, maybe I'm too too much of a realist, but all I can think was, like, oh, my God, this is so messy. This is so <laughs> sticky. And there's a cat. The cat's obviously going to eat the food that's on the floor, you know? <laughs> like, the cat's going to get sick. <laughs> I was totally thinking of it from a different perspective. Uh, I was like, they're leaving all this food out. Like, they're going to get pests. Like, they live in an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> like, pests are going to get in an apartment. That, too. Like, like, this, is, this is so messy, and they have to clean it up eventually, and it's going to be gross if you don't clean it up right away. Like, <laughs> And she's so obsessed with her sheet count at the beginning of the novel, and then she gets her sheets all yeah. dirty with all this baking stuff. I'm yeah. like, those. Yep. Sheets that you were so proud of, like, and then now you like almost gone. ruined them <laughs> with dough. Um, I, uh... I mean, I did like the fact that he came back and they had a conversation. I will say that about this book, mm-hmm. I really love how direct the conversations are between the characters. 
like all mm-hmm. the time. Right. And I, I do also like I I appreciate the fact that the first time they have sex when they're in Spain and it's super romantic and everything, I kind of appreciate the fact that she still didn't get her orgasm. Right. Yeah, right. Because it wasn't just like he's magic and like yeah. magically mm-hmm. gave me an orgasm. Right. Um, and it wasn't until she kind of opened up more emotionally to him and let him know what was going on that she was finally able to kind of get that release. Yeah, that was So nice. I do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was just all of the sex after that. that was just kind of <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could have been like a nice summary, right? Yeah, we had sex like five more times rolling around in the food. And then we were comfortably sleeping in each other's arms at the end of it. Like, <laughs> that'd have been great. Yeah. <laughs> A paragraph. Yep. Versus a ten nice, chapters. A nice summary. <laughs> yeah. Would be good. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are getting close to running out of time, but I just brought it up because I was just curious, do you think that you need sex to make a good romance? Um I don't think so. Um I know I, I know the genre of romance, you know, sex is kind of mandatory. Um, but I really think you need to have that good connection and good relationship connection of the two people before, like, I think that's more important to make the sex better. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, I ge- no, go ahead, Mayor. Um, I guess, you know, like I said, this was my first romance novel, but I've always equated the the term romance novel with sex, Right. But I thought it was interesting in our real life discussion, uh, Megan, who is kind of like we said, our our romance guru, (laughs) um, did bring up the fact that like a romance novel doesn't have to have sex in it. It's Mm -hmm. really about the relationships. Right. And some sort of happy ending or happy for now ending. And I hadn't really thought about it that way. But that was interesting, you know, like where I need to broaden my idea of what a romance novel can be. It doesn't right. have to be smut, right? Right. It can just be relationships. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that Megan brought that up because, in fact, most of the romance novels I read or I have, have read, I, I tend to read historical romances, and most of them don't have a lot of sex, and I've read a lot that don't have any at all. And those actually tend to be my favorite because mm-hmm. I like the focus on the characters and the plot mm. and what is keeping these people who are obviously, you know, perfect for each other away from each other or mm-hmm. can they overcome this obstacle that is, you know, disrupting, you know, their desire to be together. Right. Like I like that sort of character driven or plot driven um, facet of romance versus the actual sexually driven mm-hmm. part because I think it was Tara who said like after a while if the whole focus is on sex and you know mm-hmm. talking about you know his you know body or her body or whatever it becomes more crass than sexy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I so I love that Megan brought that up so I thought it was an interesting conversation to have it's like do you need sex to make it a good romance I mean obviously Sex is kind of part of the genre, but not doesn't necessarily have to be part of a, any given book. So right, mm-hmm. yeah, yep, yeah. Okay. Megan also brought up that Amish romance is a genre. 
which I just have to throw out there. I thought that was really interesting, which also kind <laughs> of blew on my mind. List. Yeah. Yes. I, I like, I have no question about that. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> so let's wrap this up. Did you guys like the book? I did. It was fun. It was a, it was really exactly what I needed. Um, something light, something amusing, something fun. Even with all the issues, some of the issues we had, like I still found it fun and entertaining. And you know what? That's okay. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be world changing. Doesn't have to be thoughtful. Like it's exactly what I needed, and it was a lot of fun. Um, so, yep. Yeah, it was okay. I think as I've thought about it more and I'm picking it apart more, I'm liking it less. Um, but yeah, like for what it is, it was like it was fun. It was just too long. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I'll agree with that. I I, I wouldn't say I loved it. Um, it was fine. I would have preferred a different kind of romance, but I think it's made for some fun discussion. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Next time on Eclectic Readers, we're going to take a crazy kind of turn, and we're actually reading philosophy. We're going to be reading The Captive Mind by Czesław Milos. Um, That is a Polish author's name. I'm really sorry, Polish people, if I have wrecked that pronunciation. Feel free to tweet me. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But The Captive Mind by Czesław Milos. Next time. (laughs) Yeah. Be interested to see what we think about this one. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Very different. (laughs) All right. So I guess we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. So you can find our show notes for all of the books that we were talking about at eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 38. And where can everyone find you on the internet? Susan. Well, people can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, and Let's See, um, all at uh, Duri Kaicho. That's R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. Where can people find you, Jeanette? I am on Goodreads and Let's See at J-M-T Rivera. That's R-I-V-E-R-A. And on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette, D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. And you, Mayor? You can find me at the same handle everywhere, Goodreads, Twitter, let's see, Instagram, at Mare the Book Gal, M-E-R-E-T-H-E-B-O-O-K-G-A-L. And please subscribe to us in your favorite podcatcher so you don't miss any of our episodes, especially our special episodes, because we just released another new author interview a couple weeks ago with Patrick Phillips, who wrote Blood at the Root. And it was a really interesting discussion. So you should definitely check it out if you haven't. And if you can, also rate and review us on iTunes because it's a little sad over there. (laughs) We could could use some more. And, And it helps people find us, too, which is awesome. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for this episode. So let's shelve this until next month. Bye. 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 Bye.